welcome back to Project 99. It is May 9th, 2021. I realized in the last episode we did, I think I forgot to say the date. And then when I was editing it and uploading it, I was really confused. I was like, what fucking episode is this? This could have been six <laughs> months ago. I have no fucking idea. We always start every episode with some ridiculous uh, dumb shit. So I, I couldn't tell what it was from. But you can't get today's episode mixed up because it is National Testicles Day, right? <laughs> no, no, it isn't. I'm waiting for the joke here. That's clearly I'm missing. <laughs> the joke? Oh, because when you said testing, testing. Oh, yeah. We were, we were mic testing. testing. And you thought I was going to say testicles. Yeah, we were just doing a mic test. Um, I said testing and Mick said testing, testing. But I thought she was going to say testicles because she, <laughs> like, I swear to God, every chance this woman gets to say the word testicles, she does. It's just a funny word. <laughs> so I was shocked that she didn't say testicles. <laughs> And it always reminds me when you were little, not little, but you know. You say little preteen. when I was like 15. Like, yeah, I mean, like you were pretty young and you were with mixed company in the car. And like, yeah, my friend Dion was in the car. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, it's hot as balls in here. And I was like, Maya, you are in mixed company. Like, so you did just for the record language. She did raise me with some kind of morals. I just fucking shit on them <laughs> all the time, apparently. <laughs> And then, like, she was laughing because he was like, I don't care. I don't care. I say stuff all the time. And then somehow the word testicles came up. So then we were just like, oh, okay, well, now we're just going to get that out of the way. Yeah, every time that I hung out with him after that, if my mom was present, someone said testicles just to get it out of the, (laughs) just to clear the air because we knew it was coming at some point. I had to, she had to teach me to relax as a mom a little bit when she was 15. Like, okay, mom, we can calm down because, like. That probably would have shocked all of my rest of my friends, though. If, you know, I started introducing them to be like, oh, hey, this is my mom. And you were like, nice to meet you. Testicles. <laughs> like, just get out of the way. And they don't, they're not no, in on the joke. No, it was only that one friend yeah. that was in on the joke. Like. <laughs> yes. <sighs> Poor Dion. <laughs> All right. So we have uh, several different topics that we're going to cover today. Um, the first of which, I guess, we will address because today is Mother's Day. Well, that makes my joke really inappropriate. Why? What? <laughs> because I said You said testicles. Day. testicles. That's what I thought. I thought you were making a joke about Mother's Day. <laughs> no. I was like, what? I feel really bad now. Sorry, moms out there everywhere. You are not testicles. <laughs> really confused. All right. So there's that. Um, yeah. So Mother's Day, I actually didn't know this. And a good friend of mine, Amy Joe, posted um, about this. And I was like, wow, what a perfect thing to talk about on our show. So kind of the origins of Mother's Day and the story of Anna Jarvis, who was from West Virginia. And basically her mother thought that Mother's Day should be a day of um, recognizing these community of mothers who like took care of all these kids through sickness and just you know everything that mothers do and then when she passed away her daughter um, Anna Jarvis was like we want to make this a day of recognition for mothers and they did make it a state holiday and then eventually I think uh, 1914 they made it a national holiday Um, but West Virginia had it in 1910 and uh, basically the long and short of it is that the day was supposed to be to recognize and honor your mother and Anna Jarvis spent every day until the day she died trying to get the holiday rescinded because like everything else in American culture, capitalism turned it into a way to make money and they completely com- commercialized the holiday mm-hmm. and she couldn't fucking stand it. She absolutely could not stand it. And there's a rumor that um, she ended up in a sanatorium at the end of her life And there's a rumor that the holiday uh, cards and flower shops paid for her stay there. But there isn't apparently any verifiable evidence of that. Maybe it was a conspiracy, though. Maybe they had her locked up. 
Yeah, Maybe I they mean, never locked up so she would stop their reign right. of money, which is kind of, it's kind of the rumor, <clears throat> um, but you know it can't be proven, so historians won't claim that. But it is that's interesting. So yeah, kind of a little bit of did it. Kind of a little bit of uh, interesting stuff there. There's a little bit of I mean, West yeah, Virginia they ruin history. Everything with money, like everything's about money, 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 money. You got to buy things. Everything, every holiday is about gifts, buying, spending. It's just conspicuous consumerism. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, I feel like Mother's Day is a cute thing for kids because kids don't typically show appreciation for their mothers, you know, especially we little kids. Well, I mean, if your mom's a total scumbag, like maybe you shouldn't appreciate her. I mean, I'm sorry. Just because you pop somebody out doesn't mean like you deserve oh, like yeah. regalia. I know plenty of people who are like, fuck Mother's Day. I had a piece of shit, mom. And I'm like, hey, more power to you, man. Like, it's fine. So, I mean, yeah, it's kind of in your face. I always try to reach out to my friends on holidays like that. Mother's Day, Father's Day when they don't have a parent or their parent was really shitty. Try to mm-hmm. reach out to them like, hey, today probably fucking sucks because everybody <laughs> that you know is probably <laughs> bragging about how great their parent is and you either don't have one or hate yours. So right. how are you doing? You know, yeah, I try to be exactly. that guy. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's cute when kids celebrate it because, you know, toddlers and children obviously don't take the time to appreciate their mothers. But honestly, every year I'm just like, hey, do you want to do something today? Because I mean, that's up to you. But like, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not going to put pressure like we have to go to dinner. Like, yeah, I mean, we're just not like that. Th- yeah, just there's like- not a single day that you can't call me and ask me for literally anything that I won't do. And same thing with Jovi. Like, we're just really good about appreciating our mom 24-7. So like the holiday doesn't really I just can't imagine you getting mad because we didn't like right and post about you on Facebook. I or remember take you a couple out, like, years ago, like you were deathly ill on Mother's Day and you called me and you were just like, Mommy, I'm so sick. And I like came down here and I was like cuddling you on the couch. Yeah, I actually remember that. I was trying today, actually, when I was gonna make my uh Mother's Day post. Which I did end up making one. I was like, I'm not going to go on a long rant because my mom won't see this because she boycotted social media after Cambridge Analytica. <laughs> so there's that statement about my mother. Um, but I'm not going to rant because she's not going to see it anyway. But I was looking for that video because I had my security cameras in the house. It was before I set them up outside. And I caught that on my Aww. security camera. So I have a video somewhere of security footage of me deathly ill on the couch. And then I like... I don't know, like trying to, was trying to get the blanket situated over me mm-hmm. and I couldn't get it. And you like pull the blanket over me and then I just like lay my head on your shoulder. You put your arm around me and the cat jumps up and he lays on us. And I'm like, wow, this is like the sweetest fucking moment Aww. that I've ever yeah. seen on video. But I have to find it. I don't know what And you were like, it. you kept saying, I'm sorry, this is Mother's Day. I should be doing it. And I was just like, this is what being a mom is about. So like, stop it. Yeah. <clears throat> I got the best moms. But seriously, I, yeah, I mean, I try not to, uh, I don't know. I just, I feel like, bragging about it to other people really does nothing (laughs) like i don't know i just feel like you know that i appreciate you right it's kind of like supposed to be between you and your mom right yeah i think you know what i mean it's just i don't know i just feel like if i'm bragging about it little kid who like goes to school and the teacher's like oh let's make mom a mom's day card or whatever and he takes it home to this fucking alcoholic mother that like doesn't give a shit well like doesn't have a mom like yeah 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 yeah. it's awful Like, what do you do for that kid? Like, yeah, sad. that's, I didn't think about that. That is so sad too, because um, I mean, I have a friend who, whose mother passed away when they were a wee little kid and yeah. I, I can't imagine going through life without my mom. So, I mean, it's gotta be fucking awful. Like every, every day or one day every year that you just yeah. gotta, but I mean, you know, I guess that's all holidays. Right. But yeah. Anyway. So if you have a woman in your life that gave you a child, um, do something nice for her. And, um, if you have a mother that wasn't a total shit bag then, right. you know, do something nice for her. <laughs> but on to our next topic, which uh, is surely to get Mick riled up. Uh, are we talking about Dead Corpse <clears throat> Rush Limbaugh? Dead Corpse Rush Limbaugh, <laughs> which is now his official Z- title. Zombie Rush Limbaugh. Zombie Rush Limbaugh. 
So I used to listen to Russian law, and I know many of the liberal people listening to our show are like, why would you torture yourself? Because I feel like when I would drive to work, I would list, try to listen to right-wing arguments to be better prepared so that I could talk to them about the stupid shit they believe in. And, <clears throat> you know, other than getting my blood pressure up, it didn't really prepare me all that well. But I did find out that, you know, I can never be converted <laughs> because I listened to so much Rush Limbaugh and all it did was make me more to the left. So <clears throat> apparently you're a masochist. Yeah, I did, I did like the fact that it made me want to debate somebody. I love that, too. But, but there was nobody there, so I just would show up to work all pissed <laughs> off. Like, And then sometimes, because at that time, your dad and I worked at the same place, and I would like get to work later than he did, so I would go into his office and be like, God damn it, blah, 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 blah. and I was talking about Russell Moore, and he's like, why do you listen to that shit? Turn it off. Yeah, no, I can't. But I like, love honestly, to piss myself in off. West Virginia, like there is no liberal radio unless you have, like, um, I don't know, NPR or OnStar. <clears throat> is that on, like, the radio, though? Yeah, you can get NPR. How do you get that on the radio? Mm, I don't know what station is. I'll have to Do you see. have like I, Sirius I XM or something? No. No. Oh. I have it on my car. Oh, shit. Because I know like you have 1170. You uh, like 50 Christian rock channels to find it, but. Right. Like 1170 was like um, Glenn Beck from 9 to noon, Rush from noon to 3, mm. and Sean Hannity from 3 to 7, and then Preachers Jesus came Christ. on. Honest to God. Like that's all Lord West Virginia Jesus. gets to listen to. Yes. In your car, you will hear right wing shit if you turn on the radio. <clears throat> but no so um i get in my car and i listen to audiobooks in the car but like before my phone hooks up there's like a few seconds where the radio's on and i heard the rush limbaugh show a couple days ago and i'm like like i knew that when rush limbaugh finally died right that there would be some hateful person to fill his shoes because there's mark levin there's you know there's all these right wingers out there who are just probably like oh good when rush dies i'll be the next rush but i think the problem is that Rush was, like, such a personality and such a bloviating asshole that, like, he was kind of like Archie Bunker. You can't just plug another Archie Bunker in there. It just doesn't work the same way. But people that loved Rush Limbaugh are so desperate. They're so desperate to hear Rush's voice that they've continued to have the show and they have the host on there talking about, like, whatever, abolishing the police, whatever. And then they play these long rants by Rush Limbaugh as if he's like a dead co-host of the show and it's really pretty it's pretty sad it's fucked up it's pretty sad like talk about beating a dead elephant that's what i put on twitter like by oh the way God. for reference it's 89.9 and it's actually uh west virginia public broadcast but they are associated with pbs 89.9 hmm. so wow yeah that's what i listen to in my car I will be checking that one out then. Yeah, it's not bad. They have some interesting <clears throat> stuff on there. Actually, one time when I was listening to it, uh, somebody, it was, it was, because I thought, oh, they're just replaying this from a bigger station, but they mm -hmm. weren't. It was mm -hmm. somebody in West Virginia that was a uh, phone interviewing Brian Cranston, which is how I found out that he was in the X-Files and that's how they casted him for Breaking Bad. Oh. Is that the Vince Gilligan, the guy who created Breaking Bad, worked on the X-Files on the episode that Brian Cranston was in. Wow. But they had that on fucking West Virginia Public Radio. I was like, shit, this is really interesting. But they talk about, I mean, I would say it's associated I mean, with PBS. It's not right Now that you say that, I think I have like somehow heard NPR in the car. But I think, I don't know. Like, I don't know how I didn't know it was on there. But anyway, sorry for sidetracking <clears throat> you. So we don't have really much a huge amount to point out in the news. It was kind of like a slow week. Um, and slow, slow, so slow, in fact, that CNN spent days and days terrifying us that the fucking Chinese rocket was going to fall in our backyard and crush our barbecue. And 
I mean, anybody who knows anything about fucking space debris is that most of the shit burns up on re-entry, like most of it does. And I'm not going to say like something hasn't fallen on somebody before, but it was pretty ridiculous that they kept bringing it up. It's like, and they would say like, well, the possibility of this happening is extremely low, but it's not zero. <laughs> like, you guys are desperate for <laughs> fucking news. Like what? You know, you don't have nothing. Okay, so, but Chauvin uh, and the other people involved in George Floyd's death are now facing federal civil rights charges. And we had talked about this before that, you know, a lot of times when there's a police department that, you know, causes harm to somebody, whether it's just physically abusing them or in custody or whatever violation of their civil rights occurs, a lot of time the FBI, like, takes that over. And so... They, right, I'm pretty sure if it's a hate crime, the FBI has to take it over. <clears throat> yeah, so there, you know, there's been some talk about the one juror who has been going around doing interviews with people, um you know, basically saying what well, justice was served and everybody agreed and blah, blah, blah. I guess during the voir dire where he was asked the question about did he participate in any marches for George Floyd in Minneapolis, he answered no. Well, I thought the thing was is that he said no because the march that he participated in was a Martin Luther King Correct. march, not a George right. Floyd march. Yeah, so it, some people are like, well, then he he was kind of trying to lie or whatever. No, he didn't lie. Like, that's how court is. If you uh, don't yes, ask the question exactly. properly, that's your fault. Attorneys know better than anyone to word what they're saying. <laughs> so, I mean, and plus there's like 12 people in the jury. You know what I mean? So that one guy didn't twist everybody's arm behind their back. Like, he can have a right to his opinion, but he didn't make the other 11 people. So I just think they're making too big of a deal out of it. We went through a trial. The guy was guilty. Let's move on. They're just doing their job. That's, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, so. that's what they're... I, I try to tell people that because we don't want to live in a world where uh, defense attorneys get death threats or get injured. No, because right. it's like, man, <clears throat> it, it's just part of the... It, it has to be there to have a functioning system. Right. You can't blame that guy. I get that. But at the same time, like, then we can't ever say that we, we can't ever finish a trial. It's just ongoing forever. Right, exactly. Like, so there's some I mean, point where... You know, 12 people decided unanimously that it was beyond any reasonable doubt he was guilty. And now it's just like, let's appeal it forever. But whatever. I mean, let him appeal it while he fucking sits in prison. <laughs> right. I mean, meanwhile, there's been people like thrown in prison on total shit evidence that ended up getting a death penalty. And then it's like, oop, we found DNA that exonerates them. Like, oh, of course. Of course. I was thinking that today uh, someone was telling me they were watching a TV show about it was a cook show. You know, all these like HGTV white people um doing a cooking show you know what i'm talking about like it's so fucking white bread but they were cooking with weed and like all this different stuff and i was like i'm so glad this is so america where mm. we could be like oh look at all this stuff we can cook with wheat meanwhile there's people literally still in fucking prison for it yeah so crazy. it's just great usa usa all right so anything else on that chauvin federal trial or no charges sorry <clears throat> so i think like our main topic today is going to be um we're going to talk about some of the influences in on the right. And, you know, I went to college and took philosophy and history and all this stuff, you know, and how it is when you're in college, like you're bombarded with all this information and you're like, you feel like you have this epiphany where you finally understand everything because everything kind of connects, makes sense in your brain and then, you know, five, six years out of college, you're like, what the fuck did I learn in college? But like at the same time, there's still that web inside of your head where you connected everything. And so when you hear new information, you, it's like you're up on a spider web really, really close. So you can't see all the connections, but like you feel them. And so you, you kind of like when I hear information, I get a gut instinct of like, 
there's a reason why this is, and I know why it is, but it's hard for me to say why it is. Mm-hmm. So, like, a lot of right-wingers, like um, Nietzsche, we talked about that. Yeah, which kills me because, actually, in, I'm, <clears throat> I'm just about to graduate. I have, like, a couple more finals to do. But I had philosophy in as one of my last classes, and we covered Nietzsche. And from everything I've learned about Nietzsche, it's really nothing about him in particular that's awful. It's just people have completely misinterpreted everything that he said mm-hmm. and made him into this like right wing uh, martyr. And it's like, it's just not accurate. It's not accurate at all. I mean, I tried to read one of his books, but like I started like <clears throat> with his earliest book and I couldn't get through it. It the was, sp- what is it? The spoke, uh, the spoke Zara, the Yeah, I can't. Zara Thora or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm sure I'm saying it wrong anyways. But yeah, I tried to read that and it was like, I don't know. I'm so bad at that too because I most of my learning is reading. Mm-hmm. So then I pronounce shit wrong all the time because right. I'm like the only person that knows right. what I'm talking yeah. about. Right, yeah. I mean, well, too bad. Like at least people know you read it. But I mean, um, you know, like I want to read the stuff myself. I don't want someone else to tell me like Nietzsche is, you know, some kind of sociopath or he's a, he's a Nazi or whatever. I want to read what he wrote and make my own conclusion about it. Um but I kind of think, like, why do so many right-wing people like him? Like, I want to know if it is because he said something that is, you know. And the same thing with Ayn Rand, because her name, like, would keep popping up and popping up and popping up. And, like, I don't care to know every single, like, there's only so much time in a day, and I have so many things I want, so many books I want to read, so many things I want to learn, that I don't want to spend too much of my life delving into the idiocy that is right-wingery, okay? But at the same time, like, I feel like to really accurately say I reject it I have to know it you know what I mean so Tom Hartman had a um an article on his Twitter and I think he got it from Common Dreams about Ayn Rand and how you know her influence is still like such a massive um you know impact on Republican politics and uh, it mentioned in there though whether whether this is verified or not I don't know that um who was the Speaker of the House that um, Trump didn't like? The one that looked like Eddie Munster. You know, with the black peak. Ryan, Paul Ryan. Oh, yeah, Paul Ryan. It said in there that Paul Ryan, like, made all of his interns read Ayn Rand. Okay, that's a little cult-like. Yes. And, like, apparently in her books, like, there's, like, some forcible rape stuff that happens. And, um, you know, she, had, there were all these diaries that she wrote and their journals, whatever you want to call them. But they weren't like her personal, like, Oh, I saw so-and-so today. It was like her notes in preparing for writing her books and her books were like fictional stories, but the characters that she based her heroes in her stories on were based on real people. And one of them, one of the books that she wrote, the hero of the story was based on a child murderer who Anne Rand just adored and thought was the most wonderful man that ever walked the face of the earth. Yeah, everything I've read about her, it just seems like she was um, a shock factor person. I don't even know that she really believed any of the shit that she said, but she was just like, wow, I can be, you know, I can get attention from just saying the most fucking shocking and awful thing. Like, people do it now in today's world with books they write and movies they make, and we're just like, yeah, we get it, shock factor, you want attention. And I feel like Mm -hmm. maybe that's just uh, what she did. Well, I think that that could be a possibility, but... Um, I mean, I, it's still dangerous, Yeah, but... 
I mean, some of her history, I guess when she was a child, um, it was during the Soviet, you know, uh, revolution. And her father owned a pharmacy. And uh, so the Soviets burst in there and basically took the pharmacy and said, now it belongs to the people. And so obviously she had this anti-leftist bias because of her experiences as a child. So I get that. Um, when you're traumatized, when you're like, you know, a young child, you tend to, it tend, does tend to affect you in a certain kind of way. But I feel like, um, you know, in our show, we always try to take whatever the topic is and examine it from the perspective of like the 1% and the 99%, right? The, the masses versus the oligarchs, if you will. Um, and so, because society breaks down that way. No matter what form of government you have, there's always the, the elite few at the top who control everything, right? And the masses at the bottom. Um, and I was, I'm also reading a book called uh, the the um, the looting the looting machine. I want to always want to say the looting of Africa because it's about Africa. But it's the looting machine, and it's talking about how um, you know a lot of places in the world have these abundance of natural resources. They're resource rich. And they end up being, the people that live there end up being the most poverty-stricken people in right. the world. When she told me about this, I just had to, like, again, mention that Marvel is superior in making movies than anyone else because the whole concept of Wakanda, like, is, I feel like is based off of that. Like, they, they have this really rare metal, mm -hmm. which is, like, what Captain America's shield's made of and shit. Mm -hmm. But they have all this technology, so they, like, project this thing over their country so that no one else can find it. Right. To protect it from being, like, completely raped of its resources. Right. So it's like, just again, right. like, real life shit? I don't know. Just my note. No, right. And, and, and you know, as I'm reading this book, it's, it's so stunning, the parallels between Africa and West Virginia. Oh, for sure. We're resource rich, we're, so. Yeah. We're, and, 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 you know, there's different kind of industries, right? There's, there's textile industries, which relies on labor. So a lot of those went to countries where they can move them to cheaper labor. But when you get down to minerals that are in the earth, you can't move those. You have to go into that country and get them. So the mining industries, the extraction industries tend to be those extremely exploitive industries where people at the top make a huge amount of money while the, while the people that live there get nothing out of it. Um, so the book talks a lot about that and how um, it's no coincidence that a lot of these African countries have these tin pot dictators who like overthrow one another, assassinate one another, whatever, to get control because one, whoever's the president in those countries or the prime, whatever you call the title is, whoever's the big cheese in those countries basically has access to all of the revenue that comes in from the resources and they usually just steal it. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to dig into the documents. We'd have to get into like, um, what is it, open books or whatever and see, but I don't right. think it's any mystery how jim justice is west virginia's only billionaire right. and that you know he's governor so right and also like you said um just as a note to places that have resources and how they absolutely destroy the state itself west virginia's mm -hmm. black lung cases are mm -hmm. on the rise mm -hmm. in 2020 we had like a, a big spike in black lung we're still like and the entire country we're like in the top five for cancer deaths mm -hmm. still mm -hmm. um our water quality is absolutely toxic um I mean, I don't know. The list goes on and on. Look, from DuPont to the coal mines. I mean, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just, there. there's zero 
safety precautions right. put in. It feels like anyway. Right. I mean, I'm sure there is a lot of federal guidelines that have mm-hmm. to be met, but it's like, I mean, even just knowing people that worked on these different, in these different industries, fracking water being one of them has mm-hmm. to be disposed of in a specific way. And I've heard so many stories of people that just fucking dumped it wherever because as yeah. long as they didn't get caught, who cares? Yeah, if they don't get caught. And it's just like, talk about the detriment of the environment. I remember seeing a news story too. It pissed me off so bad because I'm like, people really are just literally so fucking dumb they were talking about um a bear being in some residential area Mm -hmm. and like oh it's so cute look at this bear playing in people's backyard isn't this so crazy and i'm like uh no because they just cleared a bunch of fucking woods for power lines like not far from there right you probably fucking destroyed its home it has nowhere to go like it's not cute at all it's awful (laughs) right and we and we talked about we've talked about this a couple times on the show and i would i'd always be like well, there's a name for that theory that, you know, where natural resources are in an area, but the people always end up poor. It's called the resource curse. I don't know why that was so hard for me to remember. It's kind of self, like, in the words itself, resource curse. Um, and, you know, there's been, like, a lot of different studies done on these particular areas that this is confirmed to be, like, you know, an economic, like, uh, whatever you call it, theory. I'm pretty sure West Virginia holds the top for highest minor deaths as well. I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me. I, mean, I don't know. We're not the only it. place with coal mines. So, I mean, I feel like that's that's one so, of the people <clears> always <throat> hated Obama around here because they said, like, it's Obama's fault that coal mines were closing. And I'm like, well, really, you should probably be mad at the rich people who own the coal mines who refuse to make them safe because right. the federal laws that they're putting in place are literally not to close the coal mines, but to fucking keep people from dying in them. But, like, clearly no one wants to see past that because they were probably just looking for a reason to not like Obama that just wasn't blatantly racist so mm-hmm. there's all that too but yeah. <laughs> anyway but so like i was reading so this week i was reading that book and i was also you know saw this article on you know and rand and her popularity still still with like the right wing and this was like decades ago that she was you know um on television espousing her, her she theories died i think in the 80s 83 yeah. i think yeah, she's dead um and there's an interview that you can see on YouTube of her. I think uh, Wallace, Mike Wallace interviewed her or something, and it's black and white. I mean, this was like in the 40s, maybe. But um, so from everything that I've kind of read about her is that she she really embodies and celebrates the idea of uh, selfishness. And everything that you do should be motivated only by your own interest in your own goals and your own self and fuck everybody. And, you know, um, Republican politics has really struggled to connect with the average voter. Obviously for reasons because their platform doesn't help anyone. They don't have a platform anymore. It doesn't help anyone. And, you know, back when Reagan was the big celebrated Republican, you know, with his trickle-down economics. That was the way they explained to poor folks that, yes, it does look like we're giving all this money and breaks to rich people, but, but the good thing is when these rich people make even more money, it trickles down to you. Yeah, I feel like anybody who uh, talks about Reagan in a positive light I'm just like, God, your generation's so fucking dumb. You yeah. believe trickle-down economics. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just like, and I mean, I people pushed this thing, and it was so, it was so, uh, you know, it's like the lie of uh, meritocracy. If you work hard, you'll succeed. 
it's all based on whether you work hard. Oh yeah, sure. It doesn't matter if you're like 25 and you come down with cancer and so you don't get to finish college or, you know what I mean? Like the whole idea of meritocracy, I'm all for hard work, but at the same time, like you cannot tell a person if you don't succeed, it's only because you didn't work hard enough. That's bullshit. Oh dude. Yeah. Not to segue from, uh, this you know lovely miss rand either but i love i absolutely love the fact that all of these republicans and boomers are having absolute fucking meltdowns because all these jobs that supposedly from their from their um you know words are high school jobs are not being filled so now they can't go to mcdonald's because they have no staff Mm -hmm. and i'm like well i mean if these are high school jobs then we can't expect them to be open monday through friday from 8 a.m to 4 p.m Right. Because they're high school jobs. So yes. either, you know, one or the other is true. Either we need to pay these people living wages because they're not jobs for high schoolers. Or here's your capitalist system working. These jobs don't pay enough so people right. don't work for them. I mean, it? it's a joke that, you know, back when my mom was a teenager, you know, and saw cops and, you know, where you had roller skaters come out to your car. Like, that's what they envision a fast food place to be. I know. And it's like, it's inexcusable because my dad took us to fucking Elby's when it was in Wheeling and it wasn't anything like that okay so you know that that shit that when you were a teenager what a, what a fast food restaurant is is nothing like it is today first that's the first thing you have not been in a coma for fucking 40 years you don't get that pass second of all my mom says well those jobs shouldn't pay 15 dollars an hour because they're just for teenagers to make extra money i'm like mom how many times have i told you that was like 50 years ago like wake up and smell the coffee there's a lot of older people whose jobs like went to other countries they worked at a company for 20 years and that company shut down and they don't have any experience to do anything else. And the only thing around here is fast food. Look at the people behind the counter at fast food. These aren't teenagers trying to get extra money to buy records. This, oh my goodness. It's like they're in a fucking well, time Well, it's funny warp. too because they say, well, then those people need to get better jobs. So now people are not working for these places and they're having a fucking meltdown that they can't go through a drive-thru and get a cheeseburger because there's no staff and the restaurant's closed and it's like well you told all those people that they deserve to be poor and they should get better jobs so yeah how you you can't have it both ways it's just it's such a paradox yeah and they can't even they can't even it's just astounding it's astounding right. but i love it i fucking love it i had a friend call me a week ago that, that she worked this job paid her shit all the people there treated her like fucking garbage and she's like i just quit and i was like good and she's mm -hmm. like yeah, you know tell me about it and i was like good i i literally hope that for the next two weeks that they, they're just fucked mm -hmm. because that's what they get for treating mm -hmm. you like you know maybe your manager can't help the fact that you make minimum wage because you work for a corporation that dictates what the, the wage is but they don't have to treat you like you're fucking subhuman that's, that's yep. a personal choice mm -hmm. you know yep. anytime i ever managed anybody I, I would never treat another human being yeah. like some of the ways that i've heard of people been treating and have personally been treated right no fucking way that's the problem is that, you know, if, if my boss came to me and said during this pandemic, we're not making enough money and like we have to pay you less until this is over. If I knew that he was doing everything he could, I wouldn't quit my job. Right. Because you know why? Because you are a cooperative mindset person. Because he treats me good. Right. You but, know what I mean? You but can't I think, expect people. To I honestly <laughs> think that and this is this is like my overarching theory of everything is that human beings are born with a tendency to be one of two kinds of people. You're either a hierarchical person or you're a co cooperative person, a collectivist person. And of course, this goes into the political aspect of do you want a dictator or do you want democracy? And 
you think to yourself, well, nobody really wants a dictator. No, there are lots of people who want a dictator. Oh, you so mean for, like the people who wanted Trump to be president forever? Yes. <laughs> so you think to yourself, well, like, well, Hitler, you know, he rose to power and then like basically um, terrorized the German people into capitulation and they couldn't resist him and all these like fables that we were told about the German people. And honestly, there were probably a lot of good German people who didn't want to raise their head up and get shot. But a lot of Germans loved Hitler. A lot of philosophers thought Hitler was the bomb. A lot of American businessmen thought Hitler was fucking awesome, including Henry Ford. So, you know, Trump shouldn't really have surprised us that he's emerged from this very hierarchical, sociopathic, cult-like mentality. So now where does the mentality come from? Well, neurologists have done studies of the brains of sociopaths, and they know that People who have sociopathic tendencies, their brain is literally hardwired differently. It doesn't work the same way as your brain. It's not a trained behavior. Now, there are sociopaths who lack the capacity to feel empathy, who are not bad people. Because they were raised in an environment that was, you know, psychologically um, healthy. And they were taught right from wrong. And they don't have a desire to be bad. So for those people, they might have a difficulty in interpersonal relationships and experiencing intimacy and certain, you know, compassion and things like that. But they learn to display those traits. They learn to act out those traits in a behavioral way, even though they don't really feel them like other people feel them. The problem with sociopaths who, in general, is that if you grow up and you realize that you don't feel things, like you don't feel bad about things like other people do, it creates in that person a sense of liberty, freedom to do whatever you want to whoever you want. But because we have a society that has laws that says, well, you can't just kill someone or rape someone or steal from someone. We have laws that say you're not allowed to do that. So the sociopath hates the law, hates the government, hates any controls, attempts to control his behavior. Because really all he wants is to get everything for himself or herself and suffer no consequences. And, you know, Ayn Rand, um, as I mentioned, was uh, very protective, very angry when people would criticize this man who was the, the child murderer that she admired so much. His name was like Hickman. But what he did was he, um, he kidnapped this 12-year-old girl for ransom money. He wanted $1,500, which I forget what they was said would have been in today's, but it was a lot of money, Okay. $1,500 back when this happened was a lot of money. So <clears throat> he kidnapped this 12-year-old girl. Her dad worked at a bank, and he had the money. Um, he didn't steal it. He actually had, he was pretty well-to-do. So he gets the $1,500 to go and meet with this Hickman. Um, but when Hickman had the girl by himself, he went to blindfold her, and as soon as he says that he took the blindfold into his hands, he knew that he was going to kill this little girl. And he put the blindfold around her neck and choked her until she was dead and then he took her into the bathroom drained her of her blood through her neck cut off her arms and legs then he sewed her eyes open put her in the front seat of the car and drove to meet the father pulled a gun out so the dad couldn't get close enough to the car all he could see was what he thought was his still alive daughter in the car he got hickman gets the money goes over to the car and shoves the torso out onto the ground 
this is the kind of human being that Ann Rice, or I'm sorry, Ann Rand admires and looks up to. How fucked up is that? Even if I know nothing else about her, the fact that she admires this guy because she, in her words, he knew what he wanted and he didn't let society's silly rules or any, you know, judgments or stigma upon him. You know, he didn't let anything stop him. He got what he wanted. And I'm like, what a fucking maniac. And again, her books have rape scenes in them. And if you believe that every individual has the right and the duty to just do what's best for them and not care about anybody else, what about the woman who was like overpowered by the man? Does she not have the same right to do whatever she wants and have a happy life to whatever expense of other people? But she didn't get that chance because the other sociopath happened to be stronger than her. So the people that have this idea that Empathy is a weakness. It's a disgusting, vile trait. She believed that any altruistic behavior, helping anyone for anything other than your own greedy reasons, was disgusting. And this is the woman that the Republican Party thinks is just fabu. So I feel like they, you know, they couldn't really... Um, and I think this was kind of like her philosophies and stuff kind of circle were in the inner circles, like the skull and bones elitists, like the Bushes and the, you know, the Cheneys and the ruthless rich people who basically believe they are sociopaths and they believe they have a right to get whatever they want and squash every other human in their way. But it really, that sociopathy didn't bleed down into their voters. Their voters had to be tricked into voting for them by culture wars, by this, by that. But the scary evolution of the Republican Party today is that they're realizing that there's a lot more sociopathic people out there than what, than what we thought. There's a lot more people who long for a dictator. And so I started to think to myself, okay, even if you're sociopathic, even if you're hierarchical in your thinking, and you believe in a cult where the cult leader is the ever powerful or Saddam Hussein or whoever the dictator is, is the all powerful. And that's the way it should be. He should be the strong man, Mussolini, Hitler. They were the, they, you know, they deserve to be at the top for these arbitrary reasons. Like who knows what, like no reason they just take over. And even if you believe that you think to yourself, what's in it for the little guy? Why do the, why does the little guy want to be part of a system where he's considered scum by the people that he puts in charge. And you watch this with Trump, right? Trump would get up there and just basically scoff at the average everyday person. He was extremely, dis you know, arrogant and treats anyone around him like they're disposable, like they're trash to him. So why do people like admire this guy? But I think it's because when you're part of a hierarchical system, you always think, yeah, I'm on this rung now, but someday I'm going to be up the next rung and I'll get to squash all the people under me. And then I'll move up another rung and I'll get to squash all the people under that. Yeah, you know, what's really weird is when I started high school and the upperclassmen were still in the habit of treating lower classmen like shit. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I never got that. 
And then when I was an upperclassman, I specifically remember I was either a junior or senior. I rode the bus with this girl and uh, she always sat by herself. She looked pretty awkward. So I made friends with her and it turned out she just rode the bus to her middle school. And then, but the next year, it must've been when I was a junior. Cause when I was a senior, she was now a freshman. Mm-hmm. So I made friends with her and all of her friends and like invited them to different programs at the school or whatever. And like, I just thought, I don't know. I just couldn't, I just, there's, there's, there is zero part of me that wants to be shitty to these people for no reason other than like, well, people did it to me. Yeah. It's like it's a status like symbol. Up, it's like a status symbol. Like that's another human being. Like, right. why would you want to treat them like shit for literally no other reason except for, well, somebody else did it to me? It's like two dogs. Like, one pisses higher on the pole and gets to be the big dog, and so they dominate the other dog, and it gives them a sense of power. Literally, that's the entire mentality, and it's so pathetic, and it's so sad. And, you know, people with this survival of the fittest mentality bullshit in their head, like, here's a reality check. Human beings are gregarious and have had, have had the need to survive to cooperate, to share, to protect each other. If you don't believe me, walk down the street and for no reason, look up in the sky and see how many other human beings will look up in the sky. You know why? Because it's in our DNA that if you notice something up in the sky, my survival might depend on me mimicking your behavior and saying what it is that you're looking at. What's that? What are you concerned? What's the danger? I have to see what you're seeing. So, all of our behaviors are based on us you know, collectively caring about each other. And I think the sociopathic gene was an anomaly. But because of capitalism, because of uh, tribalism, because of different, uh, you know, uh, dominant social structures, sociopathy became a valuable trait. Well, and the other thing I wanted to mention, too, was, you know, when we talk about Trump supporters and some of which are sociopaths with that mentality. It doesn't refer to all Trump no, supporters. No, no, no. Of course Because not. I think the other part of that is that a lot of people, and especially a lot of people locally that I know and I've talked to and asked questions about, well, why do you want to vote for him? These people are angry because they've been traumatized by the system sure. that we live in. Yeah. They grew up poor and now they're not poor. And then they look at other poor people and they're like, well, you need to do what I did because we have to stop all this. Or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or they... I don't know, look at a hardworking person that something bad happens to them and like they get robbed by a drug addict. I see this all the time. Drug addict, you know, breaks into your car or something. So now that person has zero desire to ever view drug addicts as a whole, even though only one person did it to them with any compassion or empathy because they feel like the guy who did nothing wrong got something taken from him. And it's like, yeah, that's fucked up. But like, it doesn't give you an excuse. You know what I mean? Like they, they let their emotions on that shit, the symptoms of the Mm -hmm. society that we live in motivate them by how they treat person to person and they can't see the whole picture like listen the fact that you got robbed by somebody who had less than you is a symptom of this just as much as that person has less than you yeah and they're they're an addict or what you know what i mean whatever situation and when we talk about the same sickness from the the source of the system that we live in it just doesn't it's just not working right i mean and, and you know how you're brought up and your dogma whether your family's religious or not like all these things can you know, maybe you're just a one-issue voter who's like, hey, listen, I believe in, uh, you know, the right to carry firearms. Biden's against it. Trump's for it. I'm going to vote for Trump. You know what I mean? Like, people do are one-issue voters. Um, you know, I'm pro-life in, in uh, Duke's pro-choice, um, but I'm not a single-issue voter. I believe that all, all life at every stage is important, and so I'm not going to vote, you know, for uh, Trump because he says he's pro-life, but he doesn't care about um, 
sick kids who are poor at you the border who are dying. You like, have to have your priorities in check with what you're voting for. I say that too. I'm not a one issue voter, but at the same time, if someone came and said absolutely like there was no there was no um, taking it back after they said they would do it. They mm-hmm. were 100% sure they were going to do it. And they were like, we're going to give universal health care, the best health care to everyone in the country at no cost. Mm-hmm. But we're going to outlaw abortion. Mm-hmm. Like what an awful choice to make. But clearly I'm going to pick the health care for all mm-hmm. because it's like we can find other options as horrifying as like a world without people having access to abortions are in any circumstance. That's, that's fucking horrifying to me to have to admit that I might agree with that. But if it meant healthcare for an entire country, I probably would. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm the type of person that votes on priority, least harm. Yeah, least harm. Yeah, least harm, mm-hmm. most production. And it's mm-hmm. like sometimes that ends up in other shitty ways. So I'm not right, a yeah. one issue voter, but yeah. I would say my top one is healthcare. That's yeah. it. That's well, why I can't be a one issue voter because I'm half. I, I believe in a lot of the economically the things Democrats or socialists want to do. Um, but on the other side of it. You know, I can, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pro-gun and that's like, you're not supposed to be that if you're a Democrat. So well, that's like, what I'm, I say to I'm people like, all the time. They try to, oh, you're going to vote for so-and-so. Well, you know, they're anti-gun. And I'm like, listen, I'm all about people having the right to bear arms and owning weapons. I'm, I'm for that. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to vote against them just right. based on that. Like, right. if right. I if I have to give up my gun so that I can have access to health care, I guess that's what I'll do. It shouldn't be the choice we have to make. Right, right. But I hate when people put you in that box. Like, Yeah, and I think that the closer you would get to, like, what, you know, our country is always changing and people's ideas are always changing. And so every election, how people feel about things has changed. And I just, like, you know, like gay rights and gay, gay marriage. Like, you know, when I was a teenager, um, I mean – gay I mean gay bashing was horrible like there was like hate crimes and murders of gays all the time and you know um eight because of the AIDS epidemic too in the in the mid 80s so I graduated in 89 and gay hate was pretty fucking fierce okay um but now people were kind of like even pretty conservative people were like yeah I don't care what gay people do like that's their business like some things change slower than they should but they change okay and I just think like on a lot of issues, we'll, we will eventually come to consensus on certain things. But we can't, this is the reason why this topic of sociopathy fascinates me because we have to get to the bottom of it because we it's something that I don't think we can change. I think you're born with a tendency to either have a lot of empathy for other human beings or you're not. So in my view, it's destructive to society if people behave in sociopathic ways. Um, you know, one person getting everything and other people doing without is, it's just not a good functioning society. Anywhere you look where that's what's happened is horrible. And, um, you know, a lot of, even a lot of times when people talk about like quote, quote unquote, communes and communism, what you have is still, uh, a very, what do you say? Like personality driven concept like a, an occult so you're calling it a commune because all the people that join it have to give up all their money and they have to be poor and they have to all collectively work but guess what the fucking cult leader does the cult leader is a fucking fascist who sits up there and lets everybody else take care of his ass and um that was another conclusion i kind of came to is that fascists are kind of lazy by their nature they want to create a system where they get something for not for doing anything, but just because of who well, they are. Well, and the fucked up part about that is, too, is when you see a person in a position like that, we often in America like to attribute that to, well, they're just smarter than everyone else. 
And it doesn't make you smarter than other people just because you're willing to exploit other people. Right. Especially not if you're using, like in cults, emotional attachments or people's trauma to manipulate and exploit them. You're not smarter. You're just a fucking sociopath. Right. It doesn't make you smarter than someone else. I, I can clearly look at people and be like, wow, it would be easy to lie to, manipulate, and you know, completely control this other person by feeding them whatever they want to hear mm-hmm. so that I can take advantage of them. But I don't fucking do it because I'm not a sociopath. Right. It's fucked up. Right. Like, and, like, and like, you know, all Trump people aren't, like as she was saying, like sometimes we speak in generalizations on our show. Like we would say like the Trump phenomenon are people that voted for Trump. We're not talking about all people who voted for Trump. Right. But if you have a flag in the back of your truck that says, fuck your feelings. Yeah, you're one of the people that's probably a Trump voter because you're a sociopath. What, what does fuck your feelings have to do with anything policy-wise or, you know what it is? It's that you just despise people that you consider to be beneath the American dream or What whatever. a strange thing, too, to claim that you're a patriot that loves America and American citizens, but then to also say fuck your feelings to half of them. Right. Like, it's super weird. And the, thing, the problem with this whole, like, demagoguery that's going on with Republicans is that, like... A lot of things that they preach about, like, let's say the military, okay? Oh, they're all supportive veterans. They love veterans, right? They love the military. Well, the military has a motto that they don't leave people behind. They care about each other. It's a brotherhood, right? No one's above anybody else in the military. You come in there, you all wear the same uniform. You all are under the same rules, allegedly. But, um, so it's kind of a, it's kind of I don't want to say a, a communist, but it's but you live in a commune. You live in a barracks. Everyone has the same shit, the same, the same shit. clothes, the same right. food. Right. It's it's almost it is kind of if you look at it like the way that they look at like communist Russia, it's like in their schools and uniforms and indoctrination. That's the military. But at the same time, they're because they have to perform um, you know, dangerous missions together. You have to have a bond with those people. You have to care what happens to your fellow soldier or your fellow police officer. All these institutions that Republicans claim to have allegiance with will fall apart under the sociopathic mentality they're trying to create. Because when when you go into that dog-eat-dog system, it's all about just squashing the guy to get to the next round of the And ladder. we saw that in the Trump presidency through all of the people who got on board with Trump regardless of, you know, at least there were some... Republicans that were like, I'm not getting involved with Trump and that whole administration because I don't agree with it. Right. And they were outcasted. Yes. Just absolutely shit on by the mm-hmm. Republicans because they didn't want involved with Trump. Right. But look at how many people he burned through. Exactly. I mean, they got on the train, they got on the Trump train, and then he was like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm done with you. Exactly. So they, I hope that those people learned a valuable lesson. But they, it's, that's another thing. What I'm saying is amazing about the whole love of this hierarchical sociopathic system at what point do you not realize that you're expendable right you mean nothing is giuliani figuring that out right now after all of his loyalty and devotion and his traipsing across all of europe to try to find dirt on biden for trump all the legal trouble that he's in with dominion trying to defend trump's lies and now he's running into financial trouble and guess what's guess what he's getting from trump nothing not squat so trump Loyalty in the sociopathic world works one way. The devotee who believes he's working his way up the ladder is 
you know. Yeah, it's some kind of fucked up thing too. It's like it's like watching an abusive relationship. It is. It's weird. Like watching Giuliani trying to do everything that he can for Trump and then to watch Trump just absolutely turn him away. I'm like, man, I feel like I've watched battered woman women do the yeah. same thing. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 strange. There's mm-hmm. there's got to be some kind of I mean, there, there's something wrong with yeah. with people like that. And I mean, as much as I despise Liz Cheney, I mean, the way that they are, not just her, but like any Republican who ever had a vote in any way against the Supreme Leader Trump is now being sanctioned. Now, stop and think about that for a second. Trump isn't even in office anymore. And yet you have governmental bodies of Republicans feeling the need to get together and say, we need to make sure Trump knows that we censured that guy because of that vote. That is totalitarianism in a fucking nutshell. Like, how do you not see that that's totalitarianism? It is obey Trump or die. Right. Yeah. I don't get it. Like, Biden has a million flaws. I didn't want to vote for Biden. But he doesn't. He's not some kind of, you know, they're all like, oh, Biden's a communist. Biden. Tell me one thing he's done. He's he's not even pushy enough. He doesn't even. So I I just, I I don't get it. I don't get how people who are part of a sociopathic system don't see that they're going to be spit up, chewed up and spit out. Yeah, pledging allegiance like that to one specific person, like a lot of Trump people did, just absolutely, just, I mean, ruining friendships, relationships with family members, all the shit that they do to defend him and just be like so diehard about it, like fuck your feelings and starting fights with people and... Mm -hmm. I can't imagine doing that for any politician. No. I mean, at the end of the day, the relationships that I have with people that I see day to day are far more important to me than than trying to defend somebody in Washington who really doesn't give a fuck if I live or die at the end of the day because I'm just one person. You know, I just can't imagine that. It's got to be people who voted for Trump. I I know several different people have worked with people. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It Mm -hmm. It doesn't make me look at them differently. But there was a line where some people who voted for Trump defended him to a point and acted in a way that showed me that they were a different person than I thought they were. You found out they were sociopathic. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. So just because somebody voted for Trump and I'm like, I don't agree with that, you know, Mm -hmm. and the fact that you're willing to overlook a lot of shit that he did, I think you should re-examine that. Yeah. And it changes my relationship with them, but I don't cut them off. But there were a lot of people that I was like, I have to remove this person from my life because I'm now realizing that they are either mm. a sociopath or are blatantly racist or yeah, yeah just yeah hateful on a lot of aspects too you know different mm-hmm. things come up and yeah just hateful but a lot of liberal people as well oh yeah i found this oh, was yeah. a very um very volatile um election season this past time and, and i mean not everybody has a family like mine where like i go to see my parents and they're like hardcore right wingers and you know i mean not lately but like we would get into some serious like yelling arguments and my dad would of course call me a communist or marxist or whatever but like as soon as we um, you know as soon as we go into the next subject i'm like okay well does your trash need taken out this week like it doesn't last i don't feel the need to like hate them or them to hate me like it just is what it is i'm sad that they've been indoctrinated by right-wing media because they literally watch it 24 7 but i talked to a girl at a party yesterday and it was really sad because she, at first we were just talking about traveling and, you know, seeing different things in the world. And she was saying how she came from a little one horse town and her family was really religious. And it was like she was tiptoeing around 
saying her family was right wingers and i think because she wasn't sure where i was on the whole thing well, so i just told too. her yeah it is because it's like we shouldn't have to worry about the left or liberals or democrats whatever you want to call them being such elitist that you have to be afraid that they're going to find out that your family is right wing right if you are not then why would that matter and i mean, mean that granted this wasn't a birthday party and i understand like when you're at certain social functions like you shouldn't bring up politics or whatever but like i could see that she was like wanting to tell me this so i was like uh listen like same the same is true for me and I said my family is like hardcore right-wingers and um then once I said that to her like this like like I saw her really like relax and she started telling me that how traumatic it's been because she her parents there's this big divide now because everyone in her family's on the right except for her and she said I, I pretended for a long time like I just agreed with them because they're such bullies that I didn't want to be different and have them attack me but at some point, I just had to be like, no. Right. Coronavirus is not a hoax. Right. Stop it. Stop. And her mom even got sick with coronavirus. And she was talking about how, like, she was in the hospital and she was so, like, upset that her mom had coronavirus. But she was like, maybe this will be the thing that snaps her out of it. And I just looked at her. And I was like, but it wasn't, was it? She's like, no. And I said, it's really sad. But the only thing I can tell you is that try to bond with your family on things that don't have to do with politics. And I, I even like joke my dad once in a while and be like, yeah, well, just remember who the Marxist was that came and helped you with your leaky pipe or remember who the Marxist is that comes and takes your trash out for you. And remember who the Mark, you know, like I tease him about it and, um, and I'll send my mom this kind of text message too and be like, well, at least your, uh, one of your kids came down and did this, but, uh, even though it was the socialist one, and, uh, but maybe you'll not think all socialists are bad. And she was like, oh, I don't think they're all bad. And I'm like, yes, you do. <laughs> but yes, I mean, it do. really <laughs> must be a mind fuck for her because she like really does watch Newsmax and OANN and all the fucking ridiculous shit. My dad spends like all his time like on YouTube videos going down every rabbit hole he can find about conspiracies. But like, do they really not think I'm a Marxist or do they think that I'm a harmless Marxist or do they just not? really believe all marxists are bad like i can't figure out what they really think <laughs> i don't know that is that is strange i find that i find that too people call me a socialist and just the other day some guy uh i don't remember what it was it was on some philosophy page and i was like debating with this person and this random dude comes out of nowhere um calling me a fascist which is weird because we weren't even talking about like politics <laughs> we're mostly talking about philosophy and i was like all right, this is whack, but this guy's just totally like off the rails, like in my messages, trying to fight with me. And he was like, you don't fucking know anything, you know, going on and on. And I was like, well, you know, um, what was Socrates saying? All I know is that I know nothing or whatever. And I like sent that back to him. And he was like, what do you put that in quotes? Like you're trying to mock. I was like, no, I'm not trying to mock you. It's fucking Socrates quote. Like what the fuck? You're so like, I triggered, can't even, dude. I can't even. Yeah, you're like so angry. Like I can't even. <laughs> I can't even have a conversation with you. Like, it was just wild that I'm like, you're saying all this shit and like screaming how I don't know anything. And I'm trying to make very basic statements of of the topic that we were even arguing about. And you, you're mm. missing the references. You, you don't even know what we're talking about. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just so fucking. Wow. But I find these arguments all the time is that. What the fuck do you really think? Do you even know what the point you're arguing is? Because I'm genuinely trying to see it. Mm-hmm. and I don't even think you know what it right. is well I think that's the problem because like I said the you know the communist argument the socialist argument the communist argument 
is collectivism. We all take care of each other. We share our resources. We help each other out. We show concern for each other. If there's a problem, we all try to fix it together. Like, that's a clear and open message. Okay? You might not like that if you're a really greedy person who wants a bunch of stuff for yourself. I mean, if you're Jeff Bezos, you don't want your wealth spread around. I get that. But the message is clear. With fascism and capitalism and the whole uh, work, your pull yourself up by the bootstraps, it's all based on lies. It's total nonsense. Well, it doesn't it's strange too conform that our country, to reality. Ever, that so many people in our country, it, it just surprises me that, you know, it doesn't have to be one way or the other. We are a country of so many mixed systems. I mean, right. we, we have a quote-unquote capitalist system, but we have a lot of socialist programs. And it's like, sure, it's really not hard to see how these two ideas can exist at the same time exactly. with just some common, like, easy rules we put in place yeah. so people aren't getting fucked. Yeah. It's really not that hard. Yeah. But it just... I don't know. I don't know why there's so much hatred behind that. Well, and like I said, this whole thing... I mean, thing... like, I can explain my anger. Because mm-hmm. I see people who do work hard and work 40 hours a week and can't, and can't go to the doctor because they don't have right. any money. They, can't, right. they have to choose between groceries or medicine. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm angry. Right. I'm surrounded of people in poverty. Mm-hmm. So as a fellow human being, I'm angry. Why are you angry? You know what I mean? Like, you're so against socialism. You're so angry. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> well, the, because the people in the hierarchy convince these followers... That all of us, communists, socialists, are lazy looters who are stealing from them. They tell them, when you look at your paycheck and you see the taxes that are taken out of your paycheck, that's the underclass that's stealing from you. And it's really, it's BS, but, but, but the people like the Koch brothers, the people like Bezos, the people at the very top do not want any regulation. They hate government because they hate regulation and they hate paying their fair share of taxes. So they hate government. So their goal is to make the regular average everyday blue collar worker hate government as well. So to make them hate government, they have to turn them against everybody who also doesn't hate, who who doesn't hate government. And that's me and you, because we think government can solve problems. I don't mind paying taxes because I think taxes contribute to the overall general good of our society. Gee, you know, but the whole mask thing, the whole anti-mask thing, that's such an Ayn Rand thing because it's all about me. You know, when CNN was going on saying, when you wear a mask, it's not to protect you, it's to protect you, the other person, right? That is the most horrifying thing. Well, not only that, but them, you know. That you would protect another person over what you want to do is The disgusting. media getting on there 24-7 and trying to make people afraid. That's that's the other. Because I think some people just get so tired of being scared that then they react with anger and deny all of it. And it's like, that's not saving lives either. Right. You know what I mean? Because now you're just turning people against it because they're tired of being afraid. Right. And it's like, I don't know. It's just not helpful at all. So they're fucking... Just well, like CNN, it was interesting too. because once the once the vaccine thing really got on a roll, right, and so many people were vaccinated, they it was like you could see the people at CNN like grasping at straws, like, but 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 we like telling people to wear masks, and and like we especially try to tell right wing people that they're terrible if they don't wear masks, and you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like, bro, you're not really worried about people either. So exactly, <laughs> that's like the problem. now they're telling you, like, even if you're fully vaccinated and you've had coronavirus, like you should wear two masks when you go. And it's like, 
stop it. Yeah. Just stop it. <laughs> fucking stop it, Anderson Cooper. You goddamn <laughs> handsome silver fox. You oh. shut your fucking mouth. Oh. <laughs> oh people like, love him. Oh. No. And plus he's You a, never heard that? Plus he's a him. Vanderbilt too. I know. Well, I'm not saying it's my personal preference, but he's the one percent. And he worked for the CIA, dude. He's a no, double. No, he didn't. He internshiped. He so did an internship what? there. Yeah, he worked you're there. always with the CIA. <laughs> All <laughs> right. They well, let you in the back door. That's it. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just trying to stay on the facts. <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> so anyway, um, in closing, I did want to mention this was I found a Vox has a really good article on um, that fucking psycho Spencer dude. You know, the right wing. Uh, what's his Richard name? Richard Spencer. Richard Spencer? Um, wait, hold on. Yeah, Richard Spencer, yeah. him. Mm-hmm. He's one of the ones that's like, oh, I got red-pilled after reading Nietzsche. Like, oh, he's fucking Jesus. psycho. But so, basically, and like I said, I like one fucking semester of philosophy. Like, what the fuck do I know? Okay. Mm-hmm. But from what I understand, and the bit of Nietzsche that I've read, is that Nietzsche was like the God is dead guy. And people right. love to, like, latch onto that and think of it as, like, this nihilistic view. Mm-hmm. But really, from what I understand, is that was just more a statement of something that had happened. God is dead. It's just, it's, it happened. And now we have a society being led by people of, quote unquote, Christian morals and values that they, that they don't even really believe in. They're not even really Christians. They're just living by the set of values that's been fed to them. And they're not being their authentic selves because they're in this, like, what he called, I think, like, Christian slavery or whatever. Like, basically, mm-hmm. they're living by all this shit that they don't even really believe in. They're not being authentic. Mm-hmm. There's none of this. So he kind of resented that, that people lived by those guidelines. Mm -hmm. And Spencer and other right-wing people take that philosophy, completely disassociate it from the fact that Nietzsche was talking about uh, God and Christianity, completely throw that out the window because they're also, like, all religious. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, the fact that they even got on this argument to to try to support Nietzsche, it's totally mind-blowing. But they have made the Christianity part of Nietzsche's theory... um, the political correctness of our society that people don't even really believe in being politically correct. They just follow it because that's what they're told to do. And they're not living as their authentic selves. That's what I'm understanding by what people um, like Richard Spencer, when they talk about Nietzsche, this, this is their disconnect Mm -hmm. that they take his God is dead theory about inauthentic living and they apply it to political correctness. Right. So Anne Rand, it's somewhat similar because she says that um, altruism Anything that you would do to help another human being is only because you're indoctrinated to do that. Human beings are cutthroat, survival of the fittest. And if you're helping another person, it's only because someone has twisted your mind up to make you do it. She is, she literally is quoted as saying that it is destructive. Altruism is destructive. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, she's she's a fucking shit bag. But you know what? I do want to end before we close the saying that even though she was disgusted by the idea of any social programs, when bitch got old, went on Medicare and social security shocker yeah shocker shocker yeah it always reminds me um to when I t- we talk about people who are intelligent because i think i won't get off on a tangent on it but don't ever assume just because someone is intelligent that they're not also a shit bag you know what right. i mean because i always find myself doing this i was talking to my friend drew about like oh no i don't know this person they seem good you know and they're like really smart and she's like you know who else was smart hitler and I'm like, all right, good point. You know what I mean? Like, so I try to think about that. Like, people think, you know, and 
Ayn Rand, and they're like, oh, well, she wrote all these books, and she was a philosopher, right. and this. Right. No, fuck that. Doesn't fucking matter. Right. Doesn't matter if someone's right. educated or intelligent. Like, doesn't mean they're not a fucking psycho. Like, right. Don't ever and, confuse and, that. And if you're in a relationship with somebody, and this is from personal experience, if you're in a relationship with somebody who shows you zero empathy, doesn't even have seem to have the capacity to show empathy, and you're like, maybe this person's a sociopath. But maybe I just haven't broke down the barrier of their wall yet. No, they're probably a fucking sociopath. <laughs> Stop wasting your fucking life on a person who's not showing you any empathy for whatever reason right doesn't matter doesn't matter who they are either if it's a sibling parent it doesn't matter it doesn't matter just stop get out save yourself because they aren't going to save you they don't care about you but this person i knew once was very intelligent and i kept thinking to myself that as smart as that person is it must just be an emotional block or some trauma they've had that's stopping them from feeling having the capacity to feel intimacy and empathy. And if I just figure out how to heal them of what's broken in their heart, they will feel empathy. No. Yeah. And also do not be confused by the fact that someone who is a sociopath cries because they can feel hurt for themselves. Right, right. They're not lacking of emotions. Yes. If something bad happens to them, they will cry all fucking day for themselves. Well, I think that's that's a common misconception. And I think that all the time, you know, when you look at like the very first philosophers like Socrates, I always think of the quote, I think it was Benjamin Franklin that was like, be humble, like uh, Socrates or Jesus or something like that. But we look at these like old philosophers like Aristotle and Socrates as like these compassionate human beings because they were and that's what they preached, you know, all these virtues of compassion and empathy and they were so intelligent. Mm-hmm. So I think people tend to associate the two. And sometimes those things are connected. I think intelligent people do have a capacity of empathy and compassion that maybe someone who is not as educated yet does, doesn't have the capacity to have yet. See, I think they're totally um, disconnected. But, I think you but can they be don't very, have to be intertwined. Right. Yeah, no, they I don't mean, have to be. You can be a very loving person and not be very smart. You can be a very loving person and be very smart. I just think that... Same is true with sociopaths. Right. You can be a very smart sociopath or a very dumb sociopath. But the point is, when you're a very smart sociopath, which many of them are very smart, they figure out that if they feel emotion for themselves and other people break up with them or leave them or whatever because they don't show this thing that's called empathy, they'll pretend they it sometimes. It, right. Because they Absolutely. just think it's something that made them sad for themselves and they can well up some tears. Sociopaths are very dangerous, destructive people. Yeah, I think I just find people uh, can be compassionate and empathetic, but if they're not educated then they are easily influenced um, by things that prey on those deep emotions. Sure, absolutely. And it makes them hateful. You right. know, and I see, see a lot of that in Republicans right, like CNN, too. CNN propaganda is based on producing an empathetic response in people because they know most people who watch CNN are collectivist socialists. So they show you the kids in cages and they're like, isn't this horrible? And it, it plucks at your heartstrings. You're like, yeah, that's a real human being that needs my help. Fox propaganda is fear-based because it provokes that hierarchy. There's not enough jobs to go around. We have to fuck. We have to get rid of the immigrants. Right. You know, so that's why you have right-wing propaganda and left-wing propaganda. The only thing I can say is that at least left-wing propaganda is appealing to a fucking moral character. If the way you care about other human beings, 
Yeah. yeah Not trying that. to bring out the worst in you where you're just cutthroat so you can get your piece of the pie. Like. Uh, honestly, yeah. On the right, <laughs> other than unborn fetuses, <laughs> what other people do they have empathy for? Oh, like they, they have, pretend to care about grandma and grandpa, and they say that if the socialists take over medicine, socialized medicine, they'll have the death, death panels. panels. Yeah, yeah. Yes. They, they pretend to care about grandma and grandpa, but actually Fox News has destroyed the life of many people that are 60 and over because they sit and watch Fox News all the day because they're retired and they're depressed, angry, paranoid, and that's how they're going to spend the rest of their fucking lives. Thank you, Fox News. You don't care about grandma and grandpa. You want to turn them them into paranoid, helpless, hateful voters for your cause. Yeah. So fuck you, fucking awful. Yeah, if you can, uh, steal your parent, grandparents remote, block that fucking channel. Like... Don't yeah, teach him how to use the internet, man. Like, seriously, we got we to gotta do some damage control. But. <laughs> so sad. So sad. All right. I guess we'll cut it off here before I ramble for the rest of the evening. Uh, we missed you last week, so we had a lot this week. But uh, I guess we'll be back in another week. I hope so. This is Juke signing off. This is Mick signing off.